0: This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air.
1: It's time for Bookings. Kia ora. Welcome to Bookings with Maureen Rout and Ruth Todd. Maureen, I'm talking to... The wonderful short story writer, um, Owen Marshall, who keeps on, keeps on, but he's actually done now, chosen from his 13 collections, 20 the stories. That he feels are some of his best. Gosh, I don't know how he's Everyone ever he. Everyone he writes is his good best. Good story, That's yeah. right.
0: <laughs> and I'm talking to another local writer, although he lives in Wellington now. John Summers grew up here, and he's got a collection of short pieces, but they're non-fiction, and he's going to be down here in Christchurch this coming Thursday at Scorpio launching this collection of essays. Don Summers is Christchurch born and raised. He's the author of a collection of non-fiction stories called The Mermaid Boy. He's had his work in many publications, the spin-off, North and South, Landfall, Newsroom and Sport. In 2019, he was a finalist in the Voyager Media Awards and he won the non-fiction category in the 2016 Sunday Star Times short story competition. The Commercial Hotel is his second collection of non-fiction. John, I'm interested in the genre that you've chosen um, because it's essays long-form fiction, uh, non-fiction, creative non-fiction. There's all sorts of descriptions of it. What What's its appeal for you? I think
2: for this book, uh, essay probably is the best description um, because it is a very loose description too, so it allows for a lot of things. But I think there, you, you know, I use that word uh, non-fiction short term, non-fiction short stories for the first one, uh, because they were very kind of narrative-driven, but here it's, it's, it's a bit more um, less certain and a bit more exploring a topic and asking questions and not necessarily going from, from point A to B in, in a direct way, but, but find it, finding a way and, and pondering things along, along that way.
0: So why do we like it so much? Because I think there is a real interest in and demand for this kind of writing that's not a, you know, it's not journalism, it's something else really, isn't it?
2: Yeah, well, I hope people like it a lot. (laughs) I do. I think uh, the thing I do with this well, I think one of the things that lets you do is bring in what interests you, and that's really the guide, a guiding principle when I'm writing these pieces. You know, why am I drawn to this subject? What's interesting to me about it? And it lets you bring in, uh, well, it lets me anyway, bring in things that you might not necessarily bring in if, if you were taking a strictly journalistic approach and, and laying out the facts. So... Uh, things that might just seem curious or interesting and kind of beguiling for for one reason or another lets you bring all that into a subject and tell a story that maybe hasn't been told before for that reason.
0: You say in one of the essays I've always been drawn to the past, never been able to think clearly about the future. Do you want to expand
1: on that?
2: Yeah, I guess that's that's the kind of guiding theme with the whole book, in a way, um, and I don't still don't know if I have a clear answer to that. Um, I'm just, I just am drawn to these these subjects that come from a, a kind of earlier New Zealand, a past New Zealand, um, and find them fascinating, and, and particularly the way they linger and have this kind of haughty presence in the, you know, in the here and now. So. Uh, you know the book has, has something there about uh, Norman Kirk and the house he built, which is is in Kaiapoi still and, and occupied there, or the freezing works and, and the big place they had in New Zealand and, and in many people's lives. And, you know, and they're still a big part of people's memories for in areas where they've closed, or they have a kind of weird lasting impact in a place like Katia where. Um, It's very much associated with the works, even though they're long gone. Um,
0: Yeah, 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 and and you have personal connections to a lot of these things uh, because you definitely have family connections to works, don't you?
2: Yes. So my grandfather spent uh, most of his working life at Islington Freezing Works, and he talked about it a lot. You know, it's not something – it's not at all – Like my working life, but it's something that I was just very much aware of. And he was a uh, really important person to me, so I spent a lot of time with him. And you know, I think a lot of what I'm doing, and certainly in that piece and in others, is kind of thinking about the New Zealand he knew as a way of uh, connecting with him and and kind of furthering my memories of him. and I, th- I think that's what I guess I'm talking about when I talk about that kind of haunting, lingering presence of the past. It's it's a way of pe- keeping those things alive or, or holding on to memories, I guess.
0: Yeah, because in a lot, you know, in most of them, you're there, you're writing it, but you're talking about your memories, your um, friends, your family. Um, there's a lot of personal detail about your life, your partner, your new baby, but it doesn't ever feel confessional. So how do you keep that fine line?
2: Yeah, that's interesting. And I've had people say, oh, didn't you want to make it more confessional because that might be more appealing to people? And that never really occurred to me. I've kind of thought about it the opposite way, which is I wanted the subjects to be the, uh, at the forefront, so the, these things like, say, non Freezing works, or, well, there's one in there about a guy who was a, a hermit in the the South Pacific. Um, but the personal for me is a way of uh, it should it should kind of like work uh, work on its own terms and not um, overwhelm the subjects I'm writing about. So it it needs to justify its existence, I guess, is what I'm saying that when I refer to myself it's just it's another way of bringing some way of some lens or or insight into the these people or times or places that I'm writing about Um, and I guess that's that's how I uh, if if it doesn't come across as too particularly confessional that's why I would say
0: yes because we you know, as a reader, you recognise things, you empathise with things, you identify yeah. with things, um, because that's the art of good writing really is to um, provoke a response from the reader, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I, ho- I hope so. So I want people, you know, when I go to uh, Norman Kirk's house, I want people to feel like they're there too, or when I spent the day with, with gentlemen named... Uh, Bernard Shapiro, who, who kind of does this thing where he dresses up in historical outfits and goes on these long walks around the country. Uh, I wanted you to get a sense of being, what it's like to spend time with him too and, and feel like you're in the room. And so bringing my reactions and, and thoughts into that is, is a necessary way of doing that. But at the same time, I don't want it to be about me. It is about him. It is about, um, uh, you know, Norman Kirk's house, um, and I'm there as you know, as
0: the writer, as a as a kind of guide. Yeah, uh, probably one of your more personal ones is the is the piece you wrote about your um, famous granny, Connie yeah. Summers. I'm of the age when I remember coming into your grandfather John Summers' um, well-known, renowned bookshop in Christchurch, and you know, the summer's name in Christchurch is is very well known.
2: Yes, yes. Unfortunately, I, I don't remember the shop because it closed the uh, year I was born. But <laughs> people come up to me, uh, maybe not, not in the last year or so, but, uh, you know, every so often someone will ask me if I'm connected to that. So, you know, that's 30-something years after it closed and it's still It's still remembered by people, which is a pretty good sign, I think. Um, and there's no way I could write write about that without making it more personal, Um, and it's a subject I didn't write about for a time. You know, it's not in the the first book I did, but um, and I did want to to uh, you know, I think me taking the personal approach makes it much more interesting. I hope because I have a first-hand memories of of, uh, of her and, and of my grandfather and how they seemed to me first as a child, but then as I got older. And I think I, I had kind of a different response to them as I got older. And then I have another response again, which is looking back uh, now that they've both passed away and with... You know, knowing what I know now about life and and the things I've read and in, in her letters and her, the diary she kept when she was in prison um, I can I kind of have a different reaction a different response and in, in, in the different thoughts on her motivations and personality
0: yes it's a it's a very full very you know um, not sentimental but a very um, loving portrait of her but one that, that shows us all the sides of, of Connie and there were many sides. There's not, uh, you know, it's not all sombre. your collection at all. There's a lot of very um, and, um, amusing, droll pieces in it. I loved the bit about your first tramping expedition with Sam and Gareth. <laughs>
2: uh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had to Yeah, I mean, we had some very uh, fun, but also some very uh, disastrous uh, tramping trips, which I, um, you know, cringe a little bit to think about those now, um, because we, I think we thought we were doing things quite safely, weirdly, but they weren't. Um, Yeah, and I'm glad you 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 find some humour in it because it's really important to me. So I really uh, don't. I kind of lose patience with books that don't include humour, and I think it's just such a uh, major part of life and what, uh, what our experience is really like is actually not, not straightforwardly serious or dramatic, even at times when you might think it is.
0: <laughs> yes, uh, and that, that's often the time when you need to find humour, isn't it? When things are a bit dark.
2: Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, we might get the uh the kind of some terrible news at the same time as we you know, we're eating a hot dog or doing something slightly ridiculous and I think that's what life is like. Like and and I think uh my humour I, I think is, is a little bit about that, juxtaposing the uh that seriousness with the the kind of banal that is is such a you know, ninety percent of of life.
0: Well, whatever you're doing, you're doing it very well, John. <laughs> <laughs> I know you. you've wanted to be a writer for a very long time and um, and I think you can truly call yourself a writer now. I thoroughly enjoyed this whole collection. There was so much in it, and it was um, it was so satisfying, a good essay, a good piece of creative non-fiction. I mark it by the the level of satisfaction I feel at the end of reading it.
2: Yeah, well, thank you very much. Yeah, really um, good to talk to you.
0: The book is called, or the collection of essays is called The Commercial Hotel. It's written by John Summers, and it's published by Victoria University Press. Thanks, John.
1: You're listening to Bookends on Plains FM 96.9. It was a
3: lawn cemetery, or rather a rough pasture one, with the older monuments at the higher end catching enough light to show the symmetry of their shapes. Mandrake walked in further from the road, and Tub took a good deal of Hoagie's weight as they followed. Jesus, what a life you have, Hoagie said to him. But Tub just turned his great, flat snowman's face to him and said nothing. Hoagie felt and heard dry acorns beneath his shoes as he went through the gateway, and the night breeze drew through the trees of the cemetery with an easy sigh. "'I could stay here all night talking just about,' said Mandrake. "'I love the night. It's the other side of the coin, isn't it? "'People think that it's just some sort of pit that separates one day from another.' but there are sights and sounds and smells that exist only then. There's animals and all sorts that have their whole life when most of us are sleeping. It's an alternative, Hogie, isn't it? And that's always a good thing. I always feel uneasy when there's only one choice, one way of looking at things. Hoagie sat down on the cold concrete bed of one of the graves. His arm ached. His leg ached, but the real anguish was that of loss. It occurred to him, quite without irony, that he would like to read the inscription on the headstone, so he would know his companion for the night. He could see the graves more clearly and realize that the night was their natural time, cold and quiet and peaceful. No matter what Mandrake, Tub, and Hoagie could do there, the place was one of serenity. The trees, the old stones, the wrought iron surrounds of some of the oldest plots caught the more subtle light of the night. Hoagie was amazed by the coherent detail that formed about him. Mandrake looked at the shadowed graves with interest. Everyone living must be considered an optimist, for they've had the alternative of suicide after all, he said. Hold on to your philosophy, old son. That's the bloody thing to do. And he lifted the hand which held the sawn 22 and began the gasping that was his
1: laugh. Owen Marshall reading from Coming Home in the Dark first selection, selected short story in his recent um, publication, The Author's Cut. Fiona Kidman does, has done the foreword in this book and she says, and I quote, with all the beauty of language that words can muster, Owen Marshall has been exploring landscapes in his stories for the past 40 years or so with a painterly and poetic eye that defies comparison. But within these gorgeous wrought exteriors, Inner Lives Rage with Passion, Anger, Love and Unbridled Pain. Welcome to the programme, Owen.
3: Thank you. Thank you for having me, Ruth.
1: Well, um, 13 collections you looked at and chose 20 stories for this latest collection. I don't know how on earth you went about that and how on earth you decided which ones.
3: Yes, well, it it, it was quite difficult because it's not just a matter perhaps of choosing your 20 favourites because then they they might be too much the same, too much similarity of theme and character and so on. So you're also looking for a variety of tone and setting uh, and themes uh, to give variety, and um, I hope also that they indicate some development in my writing. I think that's something that writers would like to look for in a a sort of a, a collection like this as well.
1: Coming Home in the Dark is one of the most powerful and terrifying stories I think you've ever written. Tell me about its um, progress to becoming a movie, a film. Uh, Yes, well,
3: that story was in a collection that was published, I think, in 1995, quite a long time ago now. And some um, years ago, I suppose two or three years ago, the um, actor and director, James Ashcroft, approached me when I was in Wellington and said he was interested in taking out an option on a couple of my stories, and that was one. And I said, well, you know, go for it and good luck. I think um, writers quite often uh, have options taken out on their work, and 90% of them come to nothing because of the... Uh, amount of money that's finally needed. Filming is a very expensive process, so it was it was pleasant to see that um, uh, this project came to fruition uh, very successfully.
1: And it's um, n- it's now showing in in movie theaters.
3: Uh, it had its world um, premiere at the uh, Sundance Festival in the United States. It's having its New Zealand premiere in Wellington on the 10th and my wife and I will go up to that and then I think it's going to be released into theatres in New Zealand on the 12th of August.
1: Right, I'm looking forward to it. wonder why they chose that one, why he chose that one.
3: Well, he's, James is interested in what he calls dark thrillers. And, uh, uh, and so he was looking, I think, for, for those that uh, were, if you like, walking on the dark side of, of life generally. In fact, I remember mentioning to him at the time, I said, well, you've chosen two of the, of the grimmest of my <laughs> stories.
1: <laughs> Indeed. Um, you're so well known for your South Island landscapes and your writing. When did you, you went to France in two thousand and six? I've never read about that before.
3: Uh, yes, that was the um, uh, at the invitation of uh, of the um, uh, French um, government and so on. It was the um, uh, 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 sorry, I'm muddling this up a bit. Have we got a bit of a moment? I'm yes. just trying to think of of what the. Uh, uh, La Belle étrangère is that with it? Can we start again on yes, that? sure. Okay, so the, what was the question again?
1: <laughs> you um, went to France with some other writers in 2006. I'd never read about that before
3: right yes Uh, that was at the invitation of the french center of uh, national books Uh, it was called la belle etrangiers the beautiful strangers and so there were uh, 12 new zealand writers invited in that particular year to go uh, and uh, we split into various groups and and uh, did gigs um, in paris and different parts of france it was a wonderful experience very enjoyable
1: well, in this collection, um, there were some that I'd forgotten and some that I, were my favourites. And I was very keen to read Freezing again then there and Sojourn and Ao, Um I think those were the two that I um, remembered well. And I went read Coming Home in the Dark about three times to get it out of my system <laughs> or something. But... Uh, You always say, and I quote, that you believe that life is precarious and happiness is fragile and triumph and disaster only a random incident apart. We should take nothing for granted. And is that what you aim to do in every short story?
3: Well, I think the writer should be prepared to explore all facets and aspects of life, Uh, And so some of my stories are humorous and light-hearted. Some some of them are serious explorations of themes. Some of them are... Uh, lyrical uh, and some of them do go to the dark side and uh, certainly the ones that uh, james ashcroft uh, chose were were explorations of uh, of uh, perhaps the underbelly of of new zealand society and society generally the origin really of that story coming home in the dark came from reading about random violence which occurs sometimes in society when peace People are going peacefully about their business, uh, and then they happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time, and disaster strikes.
1: And that's common.
3: Well, it is unfortunately Mm. more common than we would like. You know, perhaps someone under the influence of pee breaks into an old lady's cottage and kills her, and cooks up her bacon and eggs, and then wanders off down the street.
1: Mm. No, uh, no rhyme or reason.
3: No rhyme or reason to it. Just horror.
1: So, are you continuing to write new short stories?
3: Yes, over the last few years, um, Ruth, I've concentrated on novels at several novels uh, yes. in a row, and I've come back to the to the short story recently, partly because I was fortunate enough to get a grant from Creative New Zealand uh, to uh, to assist in that. Uh, and so i'm I'm working on short fiction, and in fact, um, Harriet Allen at uh, Penguin Random has agreed that uh, a new a new collection of of uh, entirely new stories will come out later next year, so I'm looking forward to that.
1: I'm not going to go through your uh CV or whatever um, because it's so full of so many awards and so many uh, fellowships and it's you've just about had every one that New Zealand gives I think
3: well, well I, th- I think I've been very lucky. I feel that I've been lucky and well supported. Uh, after all, New Zealand writers um, generally don't make a, a lot of money from the, the actual writing, from, from royalties themselves. And so, to some extent, we are dependent on on residencies and, and grants and, and other, uh, if, if you like, non-royalty um, contributions which, which help us to carry on.
1: Well, it's not just luck i don't I think it's more than luck, Owen. um so thank you for putting these together and uh, i I imagine that you would have had a very difficult task, uh, but I'm glad they're there and um Several of these are my certainly my favourites, and I look back at some of the other collections. That's made me go back to the um, other, you know, the other collections from which you chose that the one to choose right. in this group. So um, thank you for that, and uh, we look forward to a new collection soon. And congr- thank
3: you, Ruth, and, and all the best to you and Plains FM. And thank you for having me on the program.
1: Thank you. And join us, Maureen Rout
0: and Ruth Todd, next Tuesday on Bookends on Plains FM 96.9.